perception and production are highly correlated with each other. So you can understand a child with childhood apraxia of speech having difficulties saying these consonants, these vowels in the language, would also have difficulty perceiving them accurately. They go hand in hand. miracles and must make the most of our limited time here. Each of us have these unique gifts to contribute to the world and it's our job to develop these gifts and give them away. That's why I created the Preschool SLP podcast. The Preschool SLP is about working smarter to create real change in ourselves and in others. Being an SLP is a mission. Let's discuss topics that matter. What are the game-changing strategies? How can we treat the whole child? How can we create the shiniest versions of ourselves and of our clients? We're here at the drawing board for a reason. You bring your own unique gifts. Together, let's create better. If you work with children with childhood apraxia of speech, you can't miss this episode. We are gonna talk about five areas of literacy that children with childhood apraxia of speech are more likely to have difficulty with. If the child also has both language impairment and childhood apraxia of speech, the risk for them having difficulty in these five areas is even greater. So make sure if that's the case to evaluate their early literacy skills at the preschool level and also to treat them early on before they go to kindergarten. We're going to get right into the first area that children with childhood apraxive speech are more likely to have difficulty with, and that is phonological awareness skills. What is phonological awareness? It's basically this huge umbrella term that means the child's ability to identify sounds in the language, to be aware of the sounds in the language, and to manipulate the sounds in the language. So some common examples are rhyming words together, combining words to create compound words, identifying the beginning, middle, and the end sound within a word, blending sounds together to create words, segmenting sounds to create to create new words as well, deleting sounds from words, elision, or deleting syllables from words, elision. These are some common phonological awareness skills. We can also look at phonemic awareness skills, and phonemic awareness skills are the individual sounds of the language. So being aware of the individual sounds of the language and also being able to identify and manipulate them. For example, for phonemic awareness skills, this is the letter B. What sound does the B make? The letter to sound correspondence. Or what happens when we have B, A, T, and we blend those individual sounds together to create a word? What word do we create? Or if we have the word bat, what happens if we segment those sounds into three individual sounds? Or if we have the word bat, 
what happens if we use lesion in deleting one of the sounds? What would we have left? We'd have at. Those are examples of phonemic awareness skills in which we're taking and manipulating individual sounds of the language. Now, phonological awareness skills and phonemic awareness skills, I've seen on social media, people say, this is where you take away the print or you take away the letter. I couldn't disagree more. You're still working on phonological awareness skills and phonemic awareness skills when you have print present or the letter present. In fact, what the research is suggesting is that having the printed word or having the letter there, you're going to have better gains in phonological awareness skills and in phonemic awareness skills. So there's no reason to hide the letters. There's no reason to hide the print. There's no benefit in doing that. And you're still improving their ability to identify, manipulate, and be aware of sounds in the language. So please give them the print. It drives me crazy when I see a social media post where they write phonological awareness skills and phonemic awareness skills do not involve print. And then you'll see 1,000 likes. I don't get it. It drives me crazy because first of all, it's not true. But second of all, that's not best practice. Best practice is to pair the print with the sounds. Let's go on to number two, the second literacy skill that children with childhood apraxia of speech are more likely to have difficulty with, and that's known as phonological processing. Now, when we think of phonological processing, I want to give you a couple examples of tasks that test phonological processing. And the first task is if I was to say seven digits to you, and then I have you repeat the digits back. So if I were to say seven, one, two, four, three, six, eight, now you say it. Now, when you say it back, you're going to have to remember those seven digits. You're going to have to sequence them in the same order that I said them, and then you're going to have to express them. That's known as a verbal working memory task, in which you're going to have to remember a piece of verbal information, manipulate it, and then put it to use and express it. This is known as phonological processing task. For instance, I could say a nonsense word with a multisyllabic word, or I could say a sentence, and the sentences get longer and longer and longer as it's more taxing to you. Now, we know from the research that children with language impairment tend to have very poor phonological processing skills. The same is being found with children with childhood apraxia of speech. They are more likely to have difficulty with phonological processing skills, which is a task of verbal working memory. Are you able to hold this verbal information? manipulate it and act and repeat it. This is another area that children with childhood apraxia of speech are more likely to have difficulty with. Now the next area, number three that we're going to look at is speech perception. So accurately hearing the sounds. So for instance, they'll have a noisy background and they'll say words. Can the child identify the words or the sounds that they are saying within that noisy background? Or they'll have a picture and maybe they'll give minimal pairs and they'll say, is it a T or a key? And the child's going to have to identify whether they're saying T or key when they hear that word. So that's speech perception. Perception. 
Now, we know from the research over and over again through the years that when you have inaccurate speech production, it's highly correlated to inaccurate speech perception. So we have research of elementary age children that have distortion errors with S and R, and they are also not perceiving those S and R sounds correctly. So perception and production are highly correlated with each other. So you can understand a child childhood apraxia of speech having difficulties saying these consonants, these vowels in the language would also have difficulty perceiving them accurately. They go hand in hand. Next area that we're going to talk about, number four of literacy, that children with childhood apraxia of speech are more likely to have challenge with is print. Now, this is a particular interest to me because we know with childhood apraxia of speech, we're starting to see differences in their cerebellum. But we also see differences in the cerebellum of children with dyslexia. I find this very interesting, and I wonder if there's some areas in the cerebellum that there's some overlap that you're going to see with childhood apraxia of speech and with dyslexia when it comes to differences in the cerebellum. They are more likely specifically to have letter knowledge difficulties, difficulty with sight words, difficulty with handwriting, which is probably highly motor coordination related, and difficulty with spelling words. So when we see these areas of difficulty that children with childhood apraxia of speech are more likely to have difficulty with, which is in the grapheme area, is there something in the brain with childhood apraxia of speech that is similar? This is something I want to research more closely. That's of great interest to me. I'm really interested in diving deeper in that area. The last area that we're concerned with are narrative skills. And this area is an emerging area of research in which there's only a few case studies on it. But what they found in these case studies that in terms of narrative skills, children with childhood apraxia of speech are more likely to have difficulty with the temporal terms, such as first, next, then. They're more likely to have difficulty sequencing multiple ideas together. They're more likely to have difficulty with complex sentences. They're more likely to have difficulty with different verb tenses and correct morphology. They're more likely to have a limited vocabulary. So all of that ends up more difficulty telling a story. And the problem with that is that we know that children with childhood apraxia of speech are more likely to have greater difficulty with academic and social emotional demands. So then you get a scale tipping in which their capacity is challenged by greater difficulties in social and emotional demands, which may also be exacerbated when you have a language impairment on top of literacy impairment. So what we wanna do is be able to give the children the ability to tell a story. When they have the ability to tell a story, they can express their frustrations. But if you don't have an ability to tell a story, they would be very much locked in and unable to describe the frustrations of the demands of their environment exceeding perhaps their capacity. So I want you to take all of this information about literacy and I want you to roll up your sleeves and make the world a better place 
one child at a time. If you want to read more on literacy intervention strategies, I have an entire chapter devoted to literacy intervention and treating speech sound disorders. Also, I have a great proven approach for treating childhood apraxia of speech, and I have treatment cards that all you need to do is print, cut out, and laminate and put to use to see great results. So thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you next week.